0: Welcome to Talking Junk.
1: Welcome to Talking Junk. (laughs) I'm here today with Colin. What's going on, brother?
0: Hey, how you doing, man? You know, just up here repping the set. Got you Talking Junk shirt right here. If you don't have one, get one.
1: All right. We're here tonight with Mr. Entertainment himself.
2: Gene, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm good. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. His How's kid, everything you know, in New York right now? This kid looks like me. <laughs> it's <a> little J.J. <laughs>
0: Everything's
2: good in New York, you know, a little cold, a little snowy. But uh, it's February, so we can't complain.
0: Oh. You know? Oh. Yeah, we can't complain too much. There we go.
2: Well, I can't
1: complain. I'm over here in Florida, so. Yeah. Well, we're
2: not going to talk to you right now, so.
0: <laughs> what well, is? it's pretty cold over here right now. Is it really? It's actually – I'm out in California on the Central Coast, and it's cold right now here too.
2: I think we're uh, – I think we're at 31 degrees today.
1: Wow. I think okay. the lowest over here was about 41.
0: <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, we, we were at oh, 60, huh? but, like, we had a good 10, 15, 20-degree wind chill. I mean, it was – I came out from the East Coast, so like I'm used to cold, but having moved out to California, I was in the high desert for about two years. So I got used to being in 110, 115 degree heat. So now when I'm in the cold, cold is like 50, 45 degrees. I feel terrible because I'm used to- uh,
2: Are you by Barstow?
0: Oh my God, that's where I was at. I lived there for two years. You know about Barstow?
2: Yeah, so we we did a show in Barstow In the Mojave Desert, in the middle of sandstorm season, and everybody knew but us, so nobody bought tickets.
0: Wow!
2: So there was there was two there was two thousand seats, and nineteen people, (laughs) because everybody knew it was sandstorm season
0: oh man that's crazy you know what that yeah. sounds like a barstow affair barstow yeah. is a place where you go to think that oh, things will be all right and then the things mess up in the weirdest way yeah. that's that's crazy that you know about that i i lived there for several years and my uh my grandmother lives out there and she's been there since the 50s
2: i believe i, I knew i was in trouble when i walked from the dressing trailer to the stage and i stepped on a rattlesnake
0: yep it was,
2: <laughs> i knew there was a i knew that there was a problem.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Barstow is its its own place, man. But that's that that's awesome. That's that's pretty crazy that you know about that place. Yeah. So all all uh
1: California places aside, why don't you tell the junkers a little bit about yourself, those that might not know who you are?
2: Sure, I'd be glad to. Uh well my name is Gene Danapoli and I come from the Bronx, New York. I still live here and BX uh, BX in a house. even though the Yankees didn't make it this year, we're okay. Uh, And I've been an entertainer for uh, just over 41 years now. And at one point I was uh, the youngest Elvis impersonator in, uh, I think the country, definitely the East coast. And then I did that for over 30 years. And then I started to do a blues brothers show and a Bobby Darren show and a Sinatra show. And then now I do everything from uh, Sinatra to up to disco and uh I also got into the acting business around four years ago.
0: Okay. Yeah. What what have you uh done in acting?
2: Well you got, uh, you got nine credits on IMDB. I do
1: nine credits. <laughs> Is that good? Yeah, that's good. That's better than me. I don't got not one. you so. <laughs> know <better than laughs> millions.
2: It's a funny story. I, I I did a lot of different things, as Elvis, you know, commercials, and uh, showtime, and little bits and, and TV things.
1: See, and, there we go, right there. That's all your stuff, right there.
2: Wow! Oh, you got two stuff. Yeah, look at this. I love when I actually play a character named Gino, because that's, <laughs> a, that's really funny. But uh, oh, I did it. I did a little music video for a friend of mine who lives over here named Solis. Solis is a uh, Italian hip-hop artist. Okay? So he was a very influential uh, with a guy named the Shark in bringing Italian hip-hop to the forefront. So I did a little thing for him and the guy looked at me, the the director, and he said, uh, do you act? And I said, no. He said, you know, I think he'd be a great character actor. Why don't you call this woman and tell her I told you to call? So the next day I called this woman named Barbara McNamara. And she says, okay, you got to send me a picture. And I said, a picture of what? She goes, a headshot. Like, a headshot. I don't have no headshots. So I, found, <laughs> I found a picture of myself in an Italian T-shirt eating a hot dog. But <laughs> so my face was like It, can't, it um, can't get no more Bronx than that Right, right Remember Marlon Brando and the Godfather When he had the cheeks
1: right? yeah.
2: So with the hot dog in my mouth I had this I had this picture uh, Matter of fact, I'm going to send it to you now And if you can throw it up, you get a kick out of it Yeah, so, no problem So anyway, she says to me uh, I want you to come to my office tomorrow So I go down to her office In the city and she says, okay, read this. So I says, okay, read it. So I read it. And uh, she goes, all right, what are you doing tomorrow? I said, I don't know why. She goes, I want you to come back again. So I go back again. And she says to me, uh, Do you have a, what's your availability next month? I said, I'm, I'm open. Why? She goes, I got a part in a TV show I think you'd be good in. Okay, so I don't think anything of it A couple of weeks go by Now I know we're supposed to leave To film on the 20th of May So now here comes The 10th of May And I look at my wife and I says I, I probably didn't get it And then the 13th of May I get a phone call from this woman And she says uh, Gene, we want to offer you the part In this TV Show And I said, you fucking with me. (laughs) He goes, so I says, well, what's the part? Yeah, that's the the (laughs) picture. So she goes, well, you ever heard John Gotti? I says, yeah, John Gotti. He's like, you know, a neighbor in Brooklyn, Queens. She goes, well, we're doing a documentary on him and we want you to play his best friend, Angelo. I said, cool. She says, do you have a passport? I said, "I said, why would I need a passport to go to Columbia, South Carolina?" She goes, "No, you're going to Columbia, South America."
0: And I said, <laughs> "Oh why? shit!" I
2: okay. said, "What?" So I looked at my wife and I said, "I got to get a passport." So my wife was eating dinner. She goes, "Why?" I says, "I'm going to I'm going to Bogota, South America," and my wife goes, "You shitting me?" <laughs> so I had a passport, you know, uh, card, because we cruised a lot. So I wind up going out to Bogota for about three weeks, and I got to tell you, man, I got treated like an A-list celebrity. Five-star hotel, dinner and breakfast every day in Shakira's restaurant, drinks, mm. and I met seven, eight of the greatest bunch of guys. That we're still friends today. Matter of fact, when I started my podcast, my first show was interviewing my fellow actors from that show. So we're in Bogotá, uh, Colombia, South America, and we were filming from uh, six at night till six in the morning. Okay. And uh, it was weird because we had a you know whole time change. So every day when we got back to the hotel, we would go to eat breakfast in this little diner in a mall. And we came home on uh, Memorial Day Monday. And that Wednesday they bombed the mall and they bombed the diner. Oh, wow. So my first real acting job as an actor not as a
1: the, <laughs> you, know, you gotta figure out to throw the quotation.
2: Well, well, because I'm not a schooled actor, you know, I'm a character actor, I play parts like I grew up. But the first thing that I got was the most exciting thing in my career to date, and it was also the most uh, fearsome because had we been there till the following Monday, we might have been in a diner. Mm. Uh, so then I was, I did that. And then in August, I was singing on a cruise ship to uh, Bermuda and I was in the cab and I get a text and the guy goes, uh, hi, Gene. My name is so and so. Are you available for a movie? Uh, Two days of shooting in September. So right away, I thought I was, you know, I thought I was an Academy Award winner. Right. (laughs) So, So I write back to this guy and I go, I'm available, but I'm not an extra. He goes, goes, you're going to be a featured uh, background. So I said, what's that mean? He goes, well, you're going to be in the scene with all the stars of the movie. So I wrote back, uh, well, before I say yes, who's in the movie? And he wrote the name that is like Jesus Christ to Italians, Al Pacino. (laughs) And, And by the time the O came in, I wrote, I'm there, right? <laughs> now I'm in Bermuda and I'm singing on the ship for a couple of days and they needed my, uh, my measurements right away. So I said, well, I'll be back in New York in a week. And they said, no, we need it like tomorrow. So my wife was running around the ship trying to find a tape measure uh, to take my measurements. And there we are in the dock of Bermuda. And I'm like, I got my arms outstretched and my wife's taking my measurements. And people are going, who the fuck is that?
0: <laughs>
2: so I wind up a uh, little, 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 little part in a movie called The Irishman. Oh. Yeah. All so, right. So okay. that's the one on Netflix, right? That's the one on Netflix starring a couple of Italians. Uh, you might have heard of them. Robert Just Niro, a couple.
1: Yeah, Robert, Robert De, Niro, De Niro, Joe
2: Pesci. Joe Pesci. Oh, oh, yeah. I tell. Ray Romano, Bobby Cannavale, Vito Pecone, the and- The who's
1: who of Italian actors.
2: All the time. The who's who. Directed by the yeah. great Martin Scorsese, right? Yeah. So I go, oh, out, yeah. I go out to Brooklyn where the scene was, and it was supposed to be a one day, one scene shoot. Well, Scorsese must've took a liking to my face because I was out there for 27 days and I was in five different scenes. Wow. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, they cut a bunch. I was in two scenes, but really more background. Uh, But you know what? Listen, I was in a room the size of my bedroom with five of the greatest actors and Scorsese. So my learning experience was off the charts. So when you go from... South America uh to the Irishman. Now you're looking for the next big thing. And right. Oh, yeah. You get a you take. Realize, your- yeah, you realize that every role is a big thing because you beat out so many actors for that role, mm. whether it's featured or background or whatever. There are literally, which I didn't know this, 50,000 guys in New York City that look like me. So for me to get these little parts. 50,
1: there's
2: got to be. There's 8 million people in New York City. Uh, how many people come from Jersey? You know, when I got the part in the, in the Kingpin, in Bogota, I thought i beat out 1,500 actors. And mm. the director said, no, there was 1,500 in New York and 1,500 in California. So you beat out 3,000 actors. Wow. So I was scratching my head going... Is it this easy? Because it's really not this easy. You know, and, and people strive their whole lives to get something like that. And mm. then... Uh, Most definitely. Yeah. And then it's been a snowball effect. Uh, one person... You, you know, I have a very good work ethic. I learn my lines. I go on set. I'm there early. I stay late. I keep my mouth shut. And I listen. And I guess word trickles throughout the industry because mm-hmm. since doing the Irishman in 2018, I've done five or six projects of uh, uh, main character. Uh, and the last, the latest thing I did was you ever hear a movie called Goodfellas? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. You remember, remember the little boy that played uh, Henry Hill, little Henry Hill uh, as a youngster. Yeah. Well, his name was Chris Cerrone, and I just played his father in a movie that's coming out uh, in two months called Pumpkin Hole. Uh, it's about a kid who, went to, who was a baseball player and lost it all to drugs and alcohol, and now he had to move in with his father, and we had a very volatile relationship because, you know, I'm mad that he lost it all, and he's mad that he's got to live with me, and it was really... It was two days of intense filming, man. I got home from those shoots, and I went to bed, because I was... Our level was up here. It was constant, constant badgering. That's good yeah. method,
1: acting. You get into the character and you can't yeah. control it.
2: You can't control it, and Chris Zerone, who unfortunately nobody realizes how good he is as an actor, because he hasn't done a lot since Goodfellas. This kid brought me up to a level where, and I don't have children, my wife and I never had children, where I felt like his dad, and I was like, fuck, you, <laughs> you, know, you know, I wanted to punch him. So, and he looked at me and he said, you brought something out in me today that very few guys could have done. So, you know, I've been very blessed with a lot of good opportunities. And in between- when you got I it, still, you got it. Well, you know what? I, I wish I would have gotten to the game earlier because I might have made a mark, but like they say, better late than well, never. Who says
1: you still can't make a mark? I, well, I mean,
0: look at Morgan Freeman, right? Like, he, yeah. nobody really got to know him until he was well older, and he's an iconic actor. The same thing happens for you.
2: Absolutely. Well, you know what? From your mouth to God's ears, I hope. But, you know, you got Morgan Freeman is a national treasure. Uh, definitely. And, and I got to tell you, and, and I – if my friends see this, they're going to go bonkers on me when I meet them for lunch. But <laughs> I, Morgan Freeman, I take a lot from Morgan Freeman, uh, mm. you know, because, listen, I learned how to do Elvis at an early age because I watched, and then I learned how to do Sinatra and Bobby Darin. So I'm a, I'm a sponge, okay? Mm. So, oh, and trust I, I'm me, a, I understand. Yeah, I listen. I learned from Michael Jackson. I learned from Prince. I learned from doo wop. I learned from country. I learned from heavy metal. Even though I just be
1: just be thankful that you learned from the people that you wanted to learn from. Because I got three kids, and all I heard for years was Mickey Mouse,
0: and I
2: came out like this. It's not a good (laughs) thing.
0: That's the only other voice he has. It's really- there's,
2: there's nothing wrong with Mickey Mouse. You know, listen, <laughs> if the United States government was run like Disney Corporation, it would run a lot smoother. So I take a lot from everybody I watch and everybody I go to see and every move or every show, I concert, I always pick something up and I store it. Back here, and when the opportunity arises to utilize that, it comes back to my forefront. And you know, my wife looks at me and goes, Where'd you get that from? I said, Well, 1995, I went to see Stevie Wonder, and he did. And my wife looks at me and goes, What are you fucking crazy (laughs) with? It's all entertainment, and you do what you could to entertain the people you know yeah, you
1: go through the gene files and you just pluck out what you need
2: absolutely and you have to you know when you when you don't have uh your own hits or you don't have uh you know my own songs you have to learn from your contemporaries and people to make yourself a better performer
1: oh yeah and yeah. you you're a great performer i've seen some of your
0: stuff on youtube so
2: thank you i appreciate I that That's talk to you I, I'm, Maybe I'm by the curious. end of
0: this, we can get a little snippet. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit curious, Gene. So, like, yeah. uh, you, you're from the Bronx, right? So mm-hmm. what, what was your, your upbringing, right? Where uh, Like, were you – did you have a lot of influences from people? Did you have an impersonating, like, kind of, forgive me, gene in you when you were young where you just kind of saw yourself uh, imitating people, or did that come later in life?
2: Well, uh, I've been an Elvis fan since I'm five years old. And from that moment on, I would always imitate him in my bedroom after school before my mother came home from work or my father came home. And it was like a closet thing. I, nobody knew I did it until I was 14 when I got yeah. up at a restaurant and I shocked everybody. Uh, by yeah, my getting up to the experience there. <laughs> and my, my, my father, my stepfather looked at my mother, he goes, That's what he's doing in the bedroom every day after school. (laughs) But my upbringing... He
1: probably thought you was rubbing one
2: out. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, listen, that's not the worst thing in the world. You know, a boy's got to be a boy, right? A boy's got to be a boy. So, uh, yeah, my upbringing... Listen, to tell you that I'm an Italian kid and I wasn't brought up with certain organizations around me, I'd be lying. Uh, My father was for lack of a better word a street guy uh he was a gangster without a gang he was a legitimate tough guy uh so i had i had a father who taught me how to fight and i had a stepfather who taught me how to not get into trouble and then i had a mother who taught me how to be a good person so when you combine them all together uh you got me and uh, Mr.
1: Entertainment himself
2: Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you. It means a lot to hearing that.
0: I feel like that's kind of like what would what happens if you if you're not going to go towards the crime side and you're trying to figure out how to you make your way in a place where there's crime available and you have the influence of being you know somebody good and the morals in you, you figure out well how can I rectify things? How can I bring down tension? Entertainment kind of a thing. Not necessarily that you.
2: Well, you know. Uh, he froze.
1: Yeah. He, all right. Yeah. I was just making uh, sure you seen that too, because sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, to, to answer that, uh, honestly, uh, I was not a, I was not always a good kid. Uh, I had a bunch of guys around me, and we ran the neighborhood. Uh, sometimes, doing things that today we're not proud of. Uh, music was always in my life, but I always worked, and I always hustled. And
1: did you sing over a trash can?
2: <laughs> what?
1: Did you sing on the street corner over a trash can with your buddies?
2: I'll tell you when I did that. I used to sell Christmas trees, uh, really? every, corner, every Christmas, and uh, before we used to build a little hut, we would have the garbage pail, and with and the ashes were coming out, and we would sing against <laughs> the burning trash. But uh, I think I think being on both sides of the fence, uh, legit and, and hustling, I think that gave me a certain mindset as to say, all right, and now you, now you got to grow up. You know, it's not kid shit anymore. Now you're starting to get the things that can really uh, cause you a lot of heartache. So that's mm-hmm. why I gravitated away from that Scenario, and focus more on entertaining. Okay.
0: So, when did you like really first start becoming an entertainer? When the, when did that hit hard for you?
2: After I started, at fourteen.
0: So that's when you really like like that that moment where you you got up in public that also started your careers like becoming. Oh, that, was,
2: that was March yeah. of 1980, and the next month. I got hired to do a birthday party. I never forget. I made two hundred and fifty dollars for a half hour, and I looked wow. at wow. my mother. I looked at my mother and I said, "I'm not getting a real job."
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those are amazing rates nowadays.
2: Yeah, goodness. yeah. Uh, but uh, and then what I did was I would go to restaurants and I'd say, "Listen, uh, you got a back room? Yeah." I was like, "Okay, I want to do a show," and they would say well, how much do you want? I go, I want $700. And they go, well, we ain't paying you $700. I was, okay, here's what I'll do. How much are you going to charge me for a dinner? And they'd say, $14. Uh, okay. So I would charge $25. And i put the $11 in my pocket and I would fit 150 people in the back room. So instead of them giving me $700, they had to give me $1,500 at the end of the night. So that's what's called forewalling. When you you take the place and you do everything yourself. Now, that's not to say some nights was a disaster because of a thunderstorm or a snowstorm, but uh, eight times out of 10, it worked out. Matter of fact, I need
1: you to do that for us when we go live when all this COVID stuff happens and we go on tour.
2: Absolutely. And you know something?
1: (laughs) I'm
2: going to tell you, little JJ, that looks like me when I started. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you had this that same suit and everything. I bet
2: I still got that eagle suit.
0: So did, you, you, did uh, your mom
2: make the suit for you? No, no, my mom. Uh, I actually wound up. Uh, <laughs> I used to deliver newspapers after school, and the first time I wore an Elvis outfit, I was twelve at a costume party. Uh, now you gotta understand, I never grew. I was five six at. 11 years old. So the clothes I wore at 12, I was wearing at 17 because I never, I was still big. So I, I remember I, I was starting to grow sideburns and one of my paper route ladies said, uh, What's with the sideburns? I said, Oh, I, I love Elvis Presley. I'm going to be him for Halloween. She goes, You got a costume? And I said, No. She goes, Okay. She goes, I'm a seamstress. She goes, Bring me a pair of pants and a shirt that you don't want. So I go home and I say, Mom, I need a pair of pants and a shirt, same color. This woman's going to make me an outfit. So my mother goes to my closet, my father's closet, and gives me a pair of baby blue uh, bell-bottom leisure pants and a baby blue ruffled tuxedo shirt. (laughs) This woman... Rips the sleeves off the shirt and puts navy blue puffy sleeves, and then she rips off the sides of the pants and puts navy blue uh, inserts and gold trim. So I said, Wow, this is amazing! This is great. Yeah, it was great. I won the costume contest, so it was pretty <laughs> good. Uh, and what I hey, had is you had the
0: sideburns. The sideburns are the biggest part. Right.
2: Sideburns were growing in a little bit, you know. I had it. You've been a person
0: in for almost ten years at that point, so like you had it all down.
1: Yeah. So. What about the blue suede shoes?
2: Never found the path. Uh. Never found the path. But uh, I had the white patent leather boots like Elvis wore in Vegas, and you know the funny thing is uh, the first night I sang. uh was a was a saturday night so sunday we used to do laundry in the house and i came down the steps from my bedroom and i had a bathrobe now i don't know if you know opera singers they come down with towels around their neck uh, to make them you know warm so i come down from my room i'm 14 and i have a bed and i got a towel on my neck you know i think i'm a big star right
0: <laughs> my mother's
2: my mother says to me uh before breakfast uh go downstairs and take care of the laundry And I looked at my mother, and I said, "After I'm done with my meal, Madame, and my mother cold cocked me across the kitchen, (laughs) and the towel went flying. She knocked the she knocked the ego out of me right away.
0: That's crazy." That, that, that's that's yeah. really funny though. She she made sure it's like, hey, look, you're not great yet. <laughs> you hey. still my son in my house.
1: That's right. I don't what care. I it? don't care how big you get, Gene.
2: I will smack you upside your head. <laughs> that was so, uh That was a, a scenario. My father, my father, my real father, went away to to jail or college, as we like to call it, for <laughs> <laughs> for, for about two and a half years, and. When he went away, I became, I went from being a restaurant singer to a, a nightclub singer. Like I was playing bigger venues and high school auditoriums and stuff like that. So one How night. Old are you now? I was uh, uh, 30. Okay. 30. I mean, I did it. That for was a long time. time. That was a long bid. What? You
1: said uh, it, you kind of went. Unless you skipped the whole gap because you you said you went from. So, how long was you doing the restaurants and stuff
2: while uh, your dad about, was in jail? About, Oh, no. I was doing restaurants from 14 to 28. Okay. And then he went and went when I was 28. And then he came on when I was 30, 30, 31. And okay. all of a sudden, we started to do bigger venues, I should have said. Okay. It know,
1: almost sounded like he did 15 years in the club. No, no,
2: no, he only did 15 years. <laughs> And uh, I was getting dressed one night and he said, uh, you want to go for dinner? And I says, oh, dad, I'm sorry. I got to go to Jersey. I got a show. And he goes, yeah, what kind of show? I well I'm doing a high school auditorium. And he said, uh, yeah, how many people are going to be there? Like 100, 200? I said, no, about 1,000. And he goes, well, how many tickets did you sell? Like 200? He's says, no, we're sold out. So he leans up and he goes, wait a minute. 1,000 people? For you? And I said, yeah, for me. So he says, I gotta see this. So he gets dressed, and now they send they send a car for me. Not a limo, but like a town car. And I go, he goes, Come on, I'll drive. I go, No, dad, they got a limo for us. He goes, for you? I go, yeah. <laughs> so we get in the limo, the town car, and we go to Jersey, and he's backstage with me. And I look out the, the, the curtain. And he goes, uh, "How many people are out there?" I said, "It's sold out." And he opens up the curtain, and he looks at me, and he goes, "For you." Like he went from questioning it to being proud of it, uh, and not to say that, that must I'm have not- been
1: a good moment for you. It yeah. was.
2: It going was. Into- you know, my father said to me, uh, "How long are you going to ride this Elvis bullshit for?" And how long, are you, <laughs> you know, and he should only know, uh, he's up there right now. That next month, I celebrate my forty-first year in show business.
0: Wow.
1: Congratulations! Thank that's you. not that's yes. not an easy feat.
2: Thank you.
0: That's a, yeah. That's yeah. that's amazing.
2: I mean, are you still
0: uh, actively working today?
2: Well, well, coronavirus uh, with COVID, right? Uh, I've been doing some uh, online shows for charity. Uh, I do one or two restaurants uh, in the Westchester area, which is not governed by the city. So they're up to fifty percent capacity and okay. you know, shows uh birthday parties, weddings. I'm also an ordained minister now. So I do All right. yeah, okay. I do weddings as myself or as Elvis. So
0: you- <laughs> Got that flavor out of Vegas, brought it over to yeah. the yeah. East Coast. Yeah, and you don't
2: go the no more. And uh, and the acting, the acting has been really picking up. Uh, it's funny with the COVID and the distancing. There's a lot of online Zoom uh, rehearsals, conference calls, and stuff. Conference mm-hmm. calls and some parts. I'm doing some voiceover work as well. Uh, so people, you know, as a matter of fact, I just got picked up yesterday for an animated show that's going to be pitched to uh, Adult Swim. Okay. Wow. Adult Swim has uh, one of my favorite shows, Robot Chicken.
1: Uh-huh. I love Robot Chicken. Yeah. Rick and Morty is one of my favorites.
2: Yeah, I'm a Robot Chicken guy. Robot so chicken, uh, we're going gonna to record that on Tuesday. And if it gets picked up, uh, I got a voiceover career ahead of me. So.
0: Awesome. awesome, that sounds good, man. I, Real solid,
2: yeah. Thank you.
1: Yeah, we're we gonna have to get together off camera. I, I need I need to get some information for that uh voiceover stuff.
2: Absolutely, <laughs> you, know, I, you know. I actually got interviewed by a guy from North Korea, or uh, South Korea about three months ago, and he called me the most consistent working man in show business, and I said, if that's how you feel. He said, I looked at your website and every week it just kept going dates and schedules and dates and pictures. He said, you know, so I know guys that do one thing and one thing and one you do everything. So, you know, that's where I got the moniker, Mr. Entertainment, because I do singing and acting and DJing and comedy and MC very well
0: deserved.
2: Thank you very much. Thank
0: you. when it comes to uh your impersonations you were you yeah. were doing Elvis exclusively up until you were thirty, or did you start branching out before that?
2: well no i uh here's the funny part. when I would go to a party or a wedding and, and as a guest and I would get up and sing, I would never do Elvis. Mm. You go, they, they used to tell me, don't give away for free what you can make money on." Mm. So I would get up, I'd do Sinatra and the four tops or Disco Inferno, and Lionel Richie, stuff like that. So I was doing only Elvis for about uh, 15 to 17 years. Hmm. Wow. And then when I started to see the market get a little flooded with Elvises, I said, okay, I got to do something now. Uh, So I, I created a Blues Brothers show. Oh, okay. Blues Brothers Tribute. And we did that for around. uh, It's
0: one of my favorite movies.
2: Yeah, great movie. We did that for around 15 years. And then I had gotten sick with a reflux condition, which kept me out of work for 18 months. Mm. And when I got better, I needed a major surgery. There was like a couple of Elvises in my area. And they were getting some of the work that was used to be mine. For whatever reason, whether they were new or whether they were good or whether they were cheaper than me, uh, so I said, "Okay, what well, I got to, I got I got to reinvent myself." So I had gone to a restaurant to uh, sing, and I walked up to the owner and I said, uh, "I'm ready to start. Uh, where do I change?" And he says, "Change what?" I said, "Well, I got to change into my outfit." He goes, "What outfit?" I go. He goes, you look fine. I said, well, I got to change in my Elvis outfit. He goes, I didn't hire you to do Elvis. So he says, what'd you hire me to do? He says, I don't like Elvis. <laughs> okay. So I looked at my wife and I said, come here, come here. So I said, what are we going to do? She says, I says, what do I do? My wife looks at me. She goes, you're going to do every fucking song you know. <laughs> I go, bar, I go in the bar and I write down
1: Solid advice
2: Yeah, I write down Sinatra So I tell my wife, okay You're going to run the music The next day When all these restaurants Found out I do other than Elvis They said, okay We got our own Elvis We want you to come here and do An oldies night Or a Sinatra wow. And I said, Really? So, although I love Elvis, and I will do that until I cannot do it no more, most of my work now is not Elvis.
0: You, you definitely hustled the game there by, by being the best Elvis and then everybody trying to be you, being the copycat and what everybody does and being like, well, you know, I'm talented. And then you just come in. It's like you can have the old stuff. I'm a feeling fill in what you can't do because I'm already ready to go. That's awesome. That explains why you are in the market.
2: You know what's good about doing, I call it the variety show, is that I can change songs every night. You know, I look at my audience, and if my audience is older and white, I do Sinatra Mm -hmm. and Deep Martin and Tony Bennett. And if my audience is younger white and younger African-American, I do Motown. I do okay. Dua. And if they're in the middle, I do classic disco, like Disco Inferno and Tavares and all these other things. And I mix it all together. And now I we got to
1: throw some Mark, Antin- some Mark Anthony into your rep- repertoire so you can get uh, the Puerto Rican
0: thing <laughs> on there too.
2: <laughs> I, I do one Latin song... You might have heard of it. It's called La Bamba.
0: Ah, yep. Okay. So would it be possible, Gene, for you to maybe share some of your freer talents? We don't want to ask for your premium work here. You're a man that deserves (laughs) the pay, but would you be able to share with us and the rest of the Junkers some of your uh, impersonating talents?
2: Well, uh, not that I impersonate Sinatra, but I do his songs. uh, And one of the greatest songs he's ever done was a song that was released in 1966, my year of my birth, and it was from a movie called The Pope of Greenwich Village. And Mm. uh, I'll give you a couple of lines, and it goes like this. Oh, the summer wind came blowing in from across the sea. Mm. It lingered there to touch your hair. And walk with me. So that's the Sinatra part. Okay. You, you got to forgive me. It's nine thirty at night, and I've been drinking all day. So because no, all-
0: I, 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 <laughs> I could hear it, you kept going, and like as you were snap, it's like with each snap you were getting more and more into the Sinatra. I could hear it coming yeah. in, and like being there, that, yeah. that was good.
2: And then, of course, I come from the Bronx, and I mean, when you talk in the Bronx and you talk in crooners, you're talking about a guy named Bobby Darin. Okay. You know? And Bobby Diamond had a song that went like this: Somewhere beyond the sea, somewhere waiting for me, my lover stands on golden sands. I'm a little raspy, guys. You got to forgive me because no, it's, on, it's yeah. on the
0: spot. You're not prepared. I appreciate yeah. it. I
1: appreciate it. But you know. uh why don't you tell me your next song? I'll look up the lyrics and I'll duet with you.
2: You gonna do that with me? I'll so do that with you. Do, why don't we do a little bit of Elvis, and we'll do a song called "All Shook Up."
0: All shook up.
2: Yeah. All right. Let's see. Why did you you look that up? I've
1: uh, I've uh, never done Elvis, baby. <laughs> I,
0: I have to say I, I'm a person myself. I'm sorry. What did you say it was? All shook up. I I uh, grew up. Uh, just trying to do voices from all the things that I loved and enjoyed. And Frank Sinatra is somebody that at times I'll try to emulate with certain songs. And one song in particular, whenever I hear it, I just try and do his, his sound is the girl from Imp- I- Oh, Love that song. That's the one song where I feel like I can kind of hit his tone and like hold it the right way and just get in the vibe. I just, I love that song.
2: That's a great song. That's
0: it is. Song. It really is.
2: So
1: ready. Right. I'm pulling up the, the the music for you. Oh,
2: the music too. Oh
0: the,
1: yeah. Uh, the, well, uh, I- the I- instrumental, uh, baby.
0: <laughs> okay. While he's while he's pulling it up, let me let me kind of I guess I don't know if China was- All right, let's see if uh, uh, i got it. Mimpanema is walking in. When she passes, she bought wa- uh Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot the words. I feel terrible. <laughs> I feel terrible now. But now I really want to listen to that song again just because I haven't I thought of that song. It's such a wonderful oh, you're song. You're pulling
2: up video too. Look at this.
1: Oh, look at this uh, guy. So hold on. Can you hear it? No, you can't hear it, right? No, hold on. Mm-hmm. I forgot to add uh, the sound. I, I must admit, I've—I don't <laughs> think I've ever freely listened to Elvis.
0: Really?
2: Well,
1: Never. Really? So, have, uh, forgive me. If... We
2: all have problems, Jason. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: and I got a lot of them.
0: I got a lot <laughs> of them, Gene. Oh, I don't the lyrics to one of my favorite right, French see. songs. That's—that's <laughs> a, that's a problem. <laughs>
2: Well, you know what? Sure. Hopefully, oh, yeah. our interview tonight will make you go back and and Spotify some of Elvis's stuff and some Bobby Darin just to get a feel of what it is that you know. What honey? Oh, you picked the long version. Oh, uh, did I? Yeah, that's that's the live version. Yeah, you know what, no, no. Jason? Let's just pick up the lyrics, never mind the music. Okay, all
1: right, all right, I got it.
2: You got the lyrics
1: where are we started. Okay. I got the lyrics.
2: I'm gonna, I'm, we're gonna go for line for line. Okay, all right, okay, one, two, one, two, three. Well, bless my soul. What's wrong with what's me? Wrong with-
1: I'm a itching like a man in a fuzzy tree, my friend saying I'm acting wild as a bug
2: i'm in love I'm in love uh. I'm all sugar all... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who
1: Well my hands are shaky and my knees are weak. I can't seem to stand on my own two feet.
2: who do you think when you have such a luck I'm in love? Uh. I'm all shooting. I'm all shooting.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Beautiful. Good job, Jason.
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: I apologize if my clap is well, Thank actually. you. Thank, <laughs> thank, thank you very much. much. The went off a little. <laughs> it's all right. It's first well, first now, now, be, on, be honest, Genie, no. baby. Do you think I got a career
1: in uh, Elvis impersonating?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for being honest. If nothing else, I'm honest.
0: <laughs> I'm just like that because to be able to tell us when we're not very good at doing voices and things, oh. allows us to focus at what we're really good at. Look so at you. we really appreciate that. <laughs> that well, was no cool. I'm, just,
1: I'm just trying to tell you now that, even though sometimes we're not good enough due to do a little certain things, we're always good enough in everybody else's eyes in the certain things that
0: we do do. He's just he's trying said, to show he up. Said, Doodoo. He this voice. that is not <laughs> something he's familiar with. He's just trying to be cool <laughs> in front of the best of the entertainment. Well, thank you, Sunshine.
2: It's That's the right. Mickey Mouse for me too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, Reggie? Right,
2: I got
0: (laughs) one, (laughs) ready? It's Donald! Well, I don't know. I think we might have a bootleg version of a Disney film.
2: (laughs) Hot dog!
1: That's great. Well, Gene, uh, we want to thank you again for being on, man, and we definitely want to invite you to our other show, The Break Room, so we could bug out a little bit more.
2: I'll be there. I'll be there, and if anybody likes what I did or you want to check me out? Gene DiNapoli.com. Gene on all social media, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Gene And you guys, thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Gene. No, thank you. We appreciate thank you me. being on. There it is. There you go.
0: man. Now, so uh,
1: we want to thank... Uh, the most famous Elvis in the New York area and all over the continental United States for coming on to Talking Junk. And we want to thank you guys for joining in. You guys have a good night. And I thank you, baby. Peace out.